to the Employer Blueprint Podcast, where we help leaders build great teams for great companies with your host, entrepreneur and leadership coach, Kyle Gorman. As the holidays quickly approach, uh, we are making our wish lists. And for some of you, this item may be on your wish list. Uh, For others, it may be that uh, you've seen it uh, popping up on your social media as an advertisement, or uh, you've got a a kid or a friend who has asked for this. It's called CrossNet. And um, if you are not familiar with it, I would encourage you to check it out, but you're seeing it in your local stores now. Uh, They're certainly advertising heavily online. Um, and, you know, it's great for the backyard, it's great for the beach, it's great for kids, it's great for adults. So it's a really cool product. Um, and today we're fortunate enough to have one of the co-founders of this. Uh, and so when you give this gift, you'll be able to kind of tell a little bit of their story and, um, it, you know, tell people that you know a little more about this product than just simply what's in the box. And so uh, such a cool opportunity to, to hear more from one of the co-founders here today. And so what we're going to learn is really about just that process, what it was like to build this business and the journey that took place. And, um, you know, all of us, whether we build multi-million dollar businesses or we build, uh, you know, great small businesses, whatever the case may be, there's a journey that's involved in it. So it's nice to hear from others that have been through that journey. Uh, So I believe you're going to enjoy today's episode. As always, if there are any topics that you'd like to hear more about, um, if there are any guests that you would like to have us on, please don't hesitate to let us know. You can reach us at podcast at employerblueprint.com. Also, be sure to hit that subscribe button before you go anywhere so you can get the latest episodes as they are released. Thanks so much. Have an amazing day. Well, I want to thank you for joining us this week on the Employer Blueprint Podcast. Really excited uh, to bring this week's guest, Chris Mead, who's co-founder of uh, a fun little game that you may have heard of. If you haven't, you may have never been on social media, but uh, a game called CrossNet, and it has really swept the nation um, as just a great kind of backyard slash vacation, beach, recreation tool, and is even finding its way into the education realm in, in the PE space. And so um, really a cool concept. I'm going to let Chris explain it more here in just a few minutes. But Chris, thank you for joining us. And as we get going here, why don't you tell us kind of what life was like BC before CrossNet? What did that journey look like that, that ultimately led to where you are now? Absolutely. Thanks for having me on. Um, so beforehand, I had uh, just graduated from film school. I was a small farm town boy up in uh, Northeast Connecticut. Mm-hmm. So got a uh, film degree. I actually wanted to uh, live that Hollywood life, right? Mm-hmm. So got a film degree, uh, ended up realizing really quickly that film wasn't for me. I was on the film set 12, 14 hours a day making very little money. And uh, so I pivoted into software sales. So I got a software sales gig, was uh, reaching out to like CMOs and CEOs, uh, and then ended up working for Uber. Uh, got a job as launching Uber Eats in Boston and Rhode Island. So like actually like selling into the restaurants, having meetings with general managers, a lot of cold calling, a lot of emailing, but it actually really helped me for the setup of CrossNet. So hmm. all came full circle. Yeah. And so um, how did the idea or concept of CrossNet come about? Yeah. So one night we were all just, uh, so my brother, at, my brother's one of the founders and like childhood friend Mike like literally we all grew up playing soccer together Uh, Mike had just graduated from Northeastern with an engineering degree and uh, simply came over and said hey let's invent something cool kind of (laughs) drew up ideas all night and four-way volleyball was like the best thing standing 
And it's one of those things, you know, like you have a good idea, like everyone has a good idea at one point and then you check Google and you check the internet and it's already been done and it's already been sold for a billion dollars. You're like, ah, I'm too late. Uh, And this was just the one idea that had never actually taken off. And we're like, why not us? Yeah. Yeah. And one of the things that I think is really neat and, you know, as I shared, I mean, you and I are connected on LinkedIn and, um, you know, and so I've been able to kind of uh, watch some of this journey from afar. You're really active on your social media sites. And so, you know, you're, you're kind of telling people, hey, this is what's going on with this. And, um, you know, and just these different milestones, like Wilson picking up the official ball and, yeah. and you know, moving the headquarters across country. I mean, all these things that have happened, but, um, you know, even before that, kind of in the infancy of CrossNet, what has that looked like over the last few years? Because I, I think especially for our audience, you know, uh, there was one time there was something was mentioned on the show that's always stuck with me. And that is, you know, everybody has million dollar ideas. It's the million, it's million dollar execution. It's actually taking that idea and doing something with it. And so what did that journey look like from we're sitting around, have a great idea, Googled it, it wasn't out there to actually like, we have a product that we're launching that is now like I say, really taking the country by storm. So yeah. what did that process look like? The scary one, dude, there's no, like, there's really no roadmap for like inventing your product. Um, there really isn't the best way to go out is to kind of get user data and see how they felt about it. So we kind of got a, we got a mock-up, we got a prototype from China and we literally just hit the beach every day. It was like, mm-hmm. we didn't have money to spend. Uh, we're self-funded, right? So we don't have that, VC fund to just throw marketing collateral and create some billboards in New York city. It was how do we get the most bang for our buck and how do we make the most out of the bank account money that we have? And what we did was we just took the game to the beach and we knew that's where we'd get customer feedback and have people play and we'd get content. Uh, Cause the only way to sell the game in 2020 or 2017, excuse me, was like, was with content. So we'd go to the beach every day and we'd set it up and people would be like, what the hell are these kids doing? And then by the end of the day, there'd be 40 people in line. People would be playing all day long and I'd be out there recording on my camera and my brother would be on a cell phone and we'd come home and we'd run Instagram ads at night. You know, we'd put 25 bucks into the into the Facebook funnel and hey, maybe we got a sale, maybe we didn't, but we were acquiring pixel data uh, and eventually we were able to get some really badass content that uh, we were able to monetize on Facebook and keep, that, keep the engine going. Yeah. Yeah. And so now, um, of course, you know, officially launched and, you know, I think um, early on did just incredibly well. And of course, then you hit this hiccup of COVID, which is both a blessing and a curse. I mean, I think that's a fair thing to say, right? So like it took off and at least from an outsider's perspective, it seemed like the moment it took off was also when, and I, I remember I actually kind of reached out to you. I don't know if you remember this, but I reached out to you on LinkedIn one night because I had some friends that had ordered one and yeah. they were like, Hey, we ordered this really cool thing. It's going to be awesome, blah, blah, blah. But shipping is taking forever. And I was like, I think it's connected to one of the yeah, co-founders. I said, yeah. you know, and, and just from a bit, like, I just love the business side of it. So I'm like, I'm assuming your logistics supply chains are just trash right now. So you, know, you have this, you have this really cool, like, all right, this thing's great. Everybody loves it. Everybody's talking about it. But then you you also hit this roadblock of like, our supply chain just fell apart. Trucks aren't shipping out. We can't get supplies. We can't get products. You have retailers across the nation that want it, but you can't get it to them. I mean, so I would imagine the last six months or so has been its own kind of unique excitement and yet headache. I mean, how how have you dealt with the dichotomy of this thing is huge but we can't live up to the demand that's out there. 
Yeah, it's scary. I mean, imagine having that perfect product that everybody wants, but you just can't provide enough of it. Yeah. Uh, we never thought that would ever happen six months ago, pre-COVID life. But yeah. also to our defense, no other business was prepared for COVID either. Like, no. you're not prepared for anything like this. So, um, so simply put, like, I mean, what exactly happened and to your buddy, I feel bad about that, was we went from being a small company that would sell, hey, we'd be stoked if we sold a couple dozen a day. Yeah. to we'd log into the portal and there'd be 500 units a day gone and wow. that's amazing and you're celebrating that for a few days or a few weeks uh but then you start to think about how many actually come in a container from china yeah. and you start doing the paint like the the napkin math and you're like shit we're gonna be out of inventory in four days and yeah. it used to be like we had enough inventory for four months you know so um what we quickly had to do was kind of just expand our supply chain as much as possible to so create as much product and pre pretty much just keep them working as much and create as much product as possible and just keep shipping them over uh and and like just give the customers realistic expectations which sucks like yeah. you might order it now you're not getting it for 60 days but if you wait another 30 days you're not getting it for 90 days so 90, pick your battle exactly. <laughs> yeah, do you want it now or and it was a, it was a very tough like lesson learned in customer service is like you got to be honest with people um yeah. they like everybody thinks it's amazon right like you think you're gonna get it in two days but that's not how the real business world works like right. somebody's actually packaging it up someone's actually shipping it <laughs> and we had to be honest with customers and it blessing i mean sales went through the roof and that helped yeah. with cash flow um and it was also a blessing that we increased our customer service. We have like a round the clock customer service now, which would have never happened without COVID. Yeah. And uh, we also like blasted through retailers. Uh, we got nationwide with Dicks because of it, because mm -hmm. uh, they just saw the demand for the product. So yeah. lesson learned. We finally, as of like three weeks ago, uh, have more than enough inventory to get us through <laughs> Q4, unless uh, something crazy happens again. Yeah. But, yeah. yeah. Finally stocked up. So that's good. That's good. That's really yeah. good. Well, and, and so you mentioned Dix. That was another question that I wanted to ask you because one of the things that's been really neat, and again, this, this you know, just fun roller coaster that, that you all have been riding is, um, you know, again, you go from a product where you're kind of selling it out of your house or, you know, you've got enough inventory, you're selling a few a day. And then all of a sudden this thing takes off and now you have national retailers like Dick's or, or yeah. um, I think, am I right that Academy is yep. now one of Nation, you? Know? Yeah, Nationwide with Academy. Yeah. And so um, how does that process work? You know, that that's a whole other um, kind of monster for a lot of people that are, especially in the product space that say, you know, it could, this would launch us. This would really take us to the next level if we could get into some of these retailers. Um, but that process in itself can be a, a challenge. So what did that look like getting into these retailers and, and getting your product uh, into them and meeting the demands that they have? Yeah. I mean, it was all top of funnel stuff for us was just like building general awareness for CrossNet and the brand. And what happened was customers were ending up going to these retailers and asking for the product and demand, like they walk into their sporting goods section and they don't see CrossNet there. And they're seeing it in their newsfeed every day because they're engaging with our Facebook ad. Right. And eventually the buyers just reached out to us and said, Yo, we got an order. Are you guys ready to handle it? And uh, I was like, uh, I guess so. I guess we could figure it out. So yeah. we went We went from a, like a 300 unit order to like a 10,000 unit order. Wow. Uh, and it was just like, and those, that's just a whole, I mean, I could talk hours about that. It's like, you have your direct to consumer business model on your website and yeah. then you have your wholesalers who are ordering months worth of inventory. And it's like, right. 
who takes who takes priority sure uh when one vendor pays less than their direct consumer how do you allocate marketing spend between store and website level uh it's it's just a huge learning curve right now but yeah blessed to be an academy blessed to be in a dick sporting goods shields is also an amazing partner but those relationships happened uh, if i didn't have a chat box on my website would it would have fell through if i didn't reach out on linkedin building those connections i reached out to the buyer for shields we got our first store uh by having a retail relationship so literally just uh wrote hey dude i see that you're the buyer at, uh, at shields can we uh get some units in and they accepted us <laughs> yeah yeah so there's a lot to be said for just uh having that willingness to kind of make that cold call to you know just put it out there and see what happens that's uh that's a yeah you never know learn. So, never, never know. so now that you all are, um, you know, hopefully stabilizing a little bit, um, why don't you tell us, you know, for those that may not know, uh, you know, I'm, I'm sure if they're sitting at their computer listening to this, they've already Googled it. But if they're driving in their car and they're saying, all right, I'm, I don't know what this cross net thing is. Tell yeah. us just like, give us a brief overview. How, what's your elevator pitch to explain this to people on what, what the idea of cross net is and, and who uses Absolutely. it and how do you use it? Yeah, so CrossNet is the world's first four-way volleyball game. It's a combination of four-square and volleyball. Uh, so it's a, a free-for-all, game to 11, win by two. You're spiking your friends, you're having a blast, uh, and you're trying to get advanced to the higher square. So that's the whole game. It's played in almost 10,000 physical education schools right now. So kids are learning how to play volleyball on a CrossNet. So super humbling. It's, a, it's crazy and, and really cool to see how fast it's growing. And for us, like we all grew up not volleyball players, right? So volleyball was intimidating. Like the elevator pitch is like volleyball is intimidating for most people. Most people, it's a team sport. You may not touch the ball and then the ball finally comes and you're like, oh, I wasn't ready. But now like you're, you're in full control of your own destiny with CrossNet where the ball's coming at you and you're spiking it and you're learning like hand-eye coordination and skills. So really yeah. cool. Well, and another thing, I was actually playing it this weekend. Uh, we we had some people over, just grilling out, uh, you know, watching some football. And and um, one of the things that I, I really like about it as well is um, sort of the compactness. And I know you now have like a, a doubles version that's a little bit, yep. but um, you know, we were actually talking about it, and it was some friends that we vacationed with and things like that. And we were like, man this thing's going to be awesome next time we go to the beach. Um, but we were just playing it even out in the backyard. And, and, you know, and it's nice because it doesn't take up a, a ton of space. It's not like a traditional like volleyball net that you'd go yep. pick up at the store that, uh, you know, I don't know how long they are, but let's say they're 15 feet long, you know, and you, you have to have a bunch of people around to be able to play it. Um, you know, it really is like four people can get around and play this thing. So it's almost like, uh, you know, for the Midwesterners, it's like the, uh, you know, uh, a more physical alternative to cornhole, you know, like you actually are going to move around a little bit, yeah, hit the ball, absolutely. but it's something four people can do, you know, and set it up in, in three or four minutes. Um, and so, yeah, it, it's, it's a really neat thing. You know, as people get a chance, I'd really encourage you to, to Google it and, and kind of just check that out and see what it is and, and how it works. Um, you know, so another interesting thing and, and, uh, you know, I don't know, I would imagine this is something that you even thought would be an avenue, but you mentioned the schools and, and this product getting into the schools, you know, what a, um, unique novel kind of concept. So, uh, again, whenever you're out there and you're playing this on the beach and thinking, Hey, that's our market, right? We're going to hit, uh, we're going to hit kind of 18 to 28 year olds that are out here on the beach, hanging out something physical activity to do. 
Um, and then you see this opportunity and you're getting into the education system, a whole new avenue. So crazy. how did that come about and what's the impact of that on the, on kind of the product and the future of the product? Yeah. So that was like our, our first thing was it, it started right. You're exactly right. It started as a backyard game, a beach game, and also uh, kind of a nice uh, cornhole alternative. So, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, our, our whole thing is like when we define our target consumer, there's, there's really three big buckets. We have the physical education teachers, which we learned about and we'll get into. It's the moms and dads who are more casual, like either they're playing it or they're buying it for their kid who's right. learning volleyball. Or it's somebody like myself, right? 27, still diving and sweating at the beach, putting on a show. Right. Um, and those are the hardcore consumers. Yeah. But with the PE stuff, it was just kind of like what happened was gym teachers would come to our site. They'd fill out a form. And over time, like we just started getting more and more gym teachers coming. And fortunately for me, I had a, a buddy from high school, Chris Danforth, if you're listening, thank you for all the, for all the help. And I would be like, yo, how do you get, how do you order your stuff? Like, would you go to the local store? And he's like, no, I have a catalog come to me every quarter. Yeah. And so he gave me all the catalogs names and I just literally linked in them. Like I said, LinkedIn and cold called them. And I said, Hey, I have this great product. Gym teachers are ordering it. Are you guys interested in checking it out? And then companies like Flaghouse Sports, Gopher Sports, Toledo, those are some of the big three. Mm-hmm. Um, they literally just put our stuff like in the homepage, co- like on the cover pretty much wow. of their catalog. And it's like a 600 page catalog, right? So yeah. you open it up and we're there. And so what they do is they, they order in bulk from us every few weeks wow. and they sell only to physical education. So gym teachers set it up. The kids are like, oh, that's the game from Facebook. The teachers can actually teach volleyball now because kids actually all want to play it, right? And right. then you kind of, the, the best of the be- best then go on to actually play volleyball for the school. So yeah. E- yeah. everybody wins and the kid comes home and says, hey, uh, mom, dad, the gym teacher had this dope game. Like, can I, can I get it for Christmas? Right. And the parents are like, hell yeah, you get off the couch for once and stop on TikTok. So everyone wins. Yeah. It's a full circle. Yeah. And, and that is one of the things too, that I think is worth mentioning is, um, you know, the price point of the product, you know, whenever, you know, we talk about it being in, in, uh, PE and, you know, being in these retailers and all these things, but the price point of the product is, is absolutely that of a backyard game. So it's not like, um, you know, this is a situation where only your high socioeconomic status individuals can get this. And so, you know, and you talk about, you know, the traditional volleyball, obviously in PE, like they have these, you know, very expensive volleyball setups. Um, And then, you know, you can go and get one from uh, your local sporting goods store and it'll work and it's going to do okay, but it's also going to fall down and, you know, uh, at the price point. And I think that's one of the things too, that's really cool about CrossNet is that it is at a price point that it, 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 you know, it's legitimately like, you know, every middle income household with a backyard could put one of these out and it doesn't take up any space, roll it up, you stick it in the corner of the garage until you have the next get together. And so I think that's a nice thing as well is um, it's, you know, it's priced real competitive and it's at a price point that just sort of makes sense for people that that socially want to use something like this. And, you know, it also, uh, again, kind of, folds up in a way it, it, it works in a way that you can throw it in the back of the car when you are going to the beach or you're taking a beach trip, it'll go in the back of the van and it's, and it's exactly. not going to take up too much space. So, yeah, that, that took a lot of time to like kind of innovate that and make sure it was perfect for travel. Uh, that was yeah. a big thing for us is like when we first started, like I was in the beginning of the, of the show, I was saying we'd go to the beach every day and we'd have that 50 people. And then we started thinking, 
instead of us going to the beach, what if we just focus more on getting our customers to go out and do the marketing for us? Mm -hmm. So by creating a game that was travel and portable, right. uh, it creates that word of mouth. Uh, and it really helps with our ad dollars, right? Like, I'd so much rather pay five dollars in ad spend to get somebody to go to the beach and get a hundred people to watch right. than somebody to click on an ad and think, oh, that would be cool. So right. our, my biggest challenge as a marketer right now is how do I get more people out and playing on a consistent basis, mm -hmm. especially as it becomes uh, winter time or fall, at least right now. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. No, that, that makes perfectly good sense. So, <clears throat> um, you know, another thing that, that I, I question about kind of the journey and, and what's happened with all of this. Uh, you know, again, going back to the Genesis, you know, it's, it's three lifelong buddies sitting around kind of talking about, Hey, we've got this great idea. Yeah, it's doable. Let's put a prototype together. And, you know, and so all of those things that I, I think, you know, a lot of people can kind of relate to that, that idea and that concept and Hey, we want to actually get something off the ground, but you go from there in just a short period of time. Now you are, you know, this huge, uh, kind of, um, at, at least from a, from a, um, a marketing perspective, you know, this massive company. And so was there at any point that you recognized in the process, you know, we're getting into retailers, we're working with in the education system, we're doing all these things. Was there any point that you kind of recognized or felt like, hey, we need to bring in some some people that have experience in some of these realms to really help us out to make sure um, we're doing the right thing and we don't end up just kind of shooting ourselves in the foot? Absolutely. I mean, we we kind of all acknowledge like, this is our first real big business. Uh, we've all been in like entrepreneur, like e-commerce before, but nothing to this scale, right? And so the few key hires that we've made over the last few weeks, actually, uh, is a CFO. We needed somebody to run our finances. I was in charge of doing all the wholesale stuff and tracking down vendors, getting payments, making sure we have money in the bank to fund our next orders, not even next month, but six months down the line. Right. Uh, and then payroll, right? Like our CEO stressed himself out, making sure employees were paid, yeah. people were getting paid late. Like it was just all burdens that kind of happen when you try to take on too much uh, at our scale. So CFO was huge. Uh, and now what we're actually in the process of setting out an offer today actually is for logistics, making sure that the products here uh, innovating, testing, making sure that if there are any screw-ups with the product that we're fixing it, uh, how do we ship goods out? How do the trucks get routed to Dick's Sporting Goods? It's a, it's a full-time job. So those yeah. are two big hires, uh, and we got more senior leadership there, people who yeah. have done it before rather than doing it for the first time. Yeah, yeah. I think that's a real valuable lesson, too, and I think it's good for people to hear just, you know, there are times, especially as, as an organization grows, that you say, I'm not used to, to managing a tier two or a tier three business. And so, um, you know, it's, it's worth it to bring somebody in because ultimately, you know, these are, these can be life-changing decisions that you make. Uh, and, and you certainly don't want to make the wrong one just because of lack of experience. So that's a really valuable lesson. Um, well, Chris, so tell us, uh, how can we find out more about CrossNet? Where do we get this? You know, tell us just a little bit more about, um, you know, what that process is. If people are listening to this and say, hey, I have to know more. What, what's this whole thing about? Where do we go? Yeah. Well, we're finally back in stock at CrossNetGame.com. Mm -hmm. uh, ship everything within 72 hours, thankfully, from our California place. Uh, but also, you could get us at Dick's, Walmart, Target, pretty much anywhere that sells outdoor games. Yeah. So if you follow along there, uh, follow us on Instagram at CrossNet Game. Uh, if you want to learn more about like e-commerce entrepreneurship, uh, find me on LinkedIn at Chris Mead. Always posted and happy to help people out. But yeah, uh, we're pretty much everywhere. Very good. Good. 
Well, Chris, hey, again, I thank you so much for joining us. Love the product. Such a great idea. Love the journey. And uh, I wish you all best of luck in the future. Hopefully, continue to innovate and uh, you know come up with great ways for people to spend some time outside and spend some time together and stay active. Thank you so much for that. I really appreciate it. Thanks so much, man. Appreciate you having me on. Thanks for joining us on the Employer Blueprint Podcast. Be sure to subscribe to the show to receive the latest episodes. For more information on how Employer Blueprint can help build great teams in your business, visit EmployerBlueprint.com. Or to inquire about Kyle speaking at your next event, visit KyleGorman.com. And until next time, make it a great day. Today's episode was produced by Just You marketing for all of your podcast needs just you marketing has you covered be sure to hit the subscribe button before you leave today and leave us a review wherever you get your podcasts if you have any questions we'd love to hear from you and you could reach us at podcast at employer blueprint.com <laughs>